0: ...white-eyed at the starless, smog-shrouded sky, his back to the graffiti-painted wall of a two-story commercial building owned by Iranians, leased by Vietnamese. The Indian may have chosen the red dress because it matched his flip-flops. The gold dress lay crumpled on the asphalt by his dirt-encrusted feet, along with the cutoffs he'd been wearing when he'd done the smash and grab. So far, the Indian hadn't threatened them in any way. He just stood like a statue his breathing shallow, the bayonet held down against his bare left thigh, which was fully exposed. He'd slice the slit in the red dress clear up to his flank, either for more freedom of movement or to look more provocative. "'Dude,' Flotsam said to the Indian, holding his Glock 9 in the flashlight beam so the Indian could observe that it was pointed right at him. "'I can see that you're spun out on something. My guess is you've been doing crystal meth, right?' Maybe you just wanted an audition at Paramount and didn't have any nice dresses to wear to it? I can sympathize with that, too. I'm willing to blame it on Oscar de la Renta, or whoever made the fucking thing so alluring. But you're gonna have to drop that long knife now, or pretty soon they're gonna be drawing you in chalk on this alley. Jetsam, whose nine was also pointed at the ponytailed Indian, whispered to his partner, Why do you keep saying long knife to this zombie instead of bayonet? He's an Indian... Flotsam whispered back. They always say long knife in the movies. That refers to us white men, Jetsam said. We're the fucking long knives. Whatever, said Flotsam. Where's our backup, anyhow? They could have got here on skateboards by now. When Flotsam reached tentatively for the pepper spray canister on his belt, Jetsam said, Uncool, bro. Liquid Jesus ain't gonna work on a meth monster, it only works on cops. "'which you proved the time you hit me with the act-right spray "'instead of the roided-up primate I was doing a death dance with.' "'You still aggro over that,' Flotsam said, "'remembering how Jetsam had writhed in pain "'after getting the blast of OC spray full in the face, "'while they and four other cops swarmed the hallucinating bodybuilder "'who was paranoid for mixing recreational drugs with steroids. "'Shit happens, dude. "'You can hold a grudge longer than my ex-wife.' In utter frustration, Jetsam finally said quietly to the Indian, Bro, I'm starting to think you're running a game on us. So you either drop that bayonet right now, or the medicine man's gonna be waving chicken claws over your fucking ashes. Taking the cue, Flotsam stepped forward, his pistol aimed at the Indian's pustule-covered face. Damp with sweat on this warm night, eyes rolled back, features strangely contorted in the flashlight beams and the tall cop said just as quietly, Dude, you're circling the drain. We're donezo here. Jetsam put his flashlight in his sap pocket, nowadays a cell phone pocket, since saps had become LAPD artifacts, extended his pistol in both hands and said to the Indian, Happy trails, pard. Enjoy your dirt nap. That did it. The Indian dropped the bayonet, and Flotsam said, Turn and face the wall and interlace your fingers behind your head. The Indian turned and faced the wall, but he obviously did not understand interlace. Jetsam said, ''Cross your fingers behind your head.'' The Indian crossed his middle fingers over his index fingers and held them up behind his head. ''No, dude,'' Flotsam said. ''I didn't ask you to make a fucking wish, for Christ's sake.'' ''Never mind,'' Jetsam said, pulling the Indian's hands down and cuffing them behind his back. Finally, the Indian spoke. He said, do you guys have a candy bar I could buy from you? I'll give you five dollars for a candy bar. When Jetson was walking the Indian to their car, the prisoner said, Ten. I'll give you ten bucks. I'll pay you when I get out of jail. After stopping at a liquor store to buy their meth-addled, candy-craving arrestee a nutty buddy, they drove him to Hollywood Station and put him in an interview room, cuffing one wrist to a chair so he could still eat his candy. The Watch D2... A lazy, sensitivity-challenged detective known as compassionate Charlie Guilford was annoyed at being pulled away from shows like American Idol, which he watched on a little TV he kept concealed in the Warren of Work cubicles the size of airline restrooms, where he sat for hours on a rubber donut. He loved to watch the panels brutalize the hapless contestants. The detective was wearing a short-sleeved, wrinkled white shirt and one of his discount neckties, a dizzying checkerboard of blues and yellows. Everyone said his ties were louder than Motley Crue, and even older. Charlie got fatigued listening to the story of the window smash on Mel.